Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Barriers and Boundaries Resilience Leadership, your personal resilience building podcast. Today's episode is called Empty Your Pockets, because when we talk about resilience, more importantly, developing resilient skills, it's key to acknowledge that anything you've been holding on to emotionally or mentally, spiritually, which usually has a connection to us physically, these things are going to make an appearance especially when you face adversity. Everything you've kept hidden in those pockets within your being, they're going to need to be taken out. It's like going through TSA at the airport, your security at the airport, right? Acknowledging what you have and what you've been carrying around. You have to show it to get through, right? You have to show it to move forward, to progress, to travel. So this is important for a few reasons, and it has a really critical connection to our resilience. First off, I pose this question. Is it easier to see if someone is resilient or not resilient? It's tough, right? Yeah, you'd have to really think about it. How do you know if someone is barely hanging on or if that person that when everything they touch turns to gold is hurting? Even if you see someone bursting out in anger, you have to really consider, is that normal for that person? Do they always just yell? Like, you know, that's how they let it out. And they have this insane ability to just move on if they just flush it out. It takes time to get to know someone on that level. Being resilient is more than just an appearance of having it all together. What I want to convey here is that to be resilient, there must come with it a pre-existing tendency to personal development and growth. This means you have to make up your mind today what beliefs and values you want to impress upon your behavior and actions. Think about the TSA screening process. The whole scenario offers us great insight into being resilient because it starts at the beginning with preparedness. Let's say for the sake of this argument that getting through airport security is adversity. How do we approach this adversity? What barriers do we know are in place that we'll need to address? What boundaries provide a guide to getting through security all the way to the gate? Tying into the Barriers and Boundaries Journal, a great place to start is considering what experiences do you have that can teach you something. Resilient people learn from experience. So if you're a resilient flyer, you have to learn from past trips. If you've flown in the past 20 years, you know about liquids and aerosols and quantities and containers and drinks. You know how much you can bring, how to bring it, and slipping it into that post-conventional wisdom phase, you may even question, is this something I really need to bring at all? So there is this whole engagement element to adversity that starts with preparation. The next phase after preparation is engagement. Engagement is crucial to being resilient. You can't get through security without showing everything you have on you. Empty your pockets, throw it on the conveyor belt or in the basket, but you must let go of everything where all you have is you. In the same way, you can't develop resilience without being vulnerable and without allowing yourself to consider what you have. You have to acknowledge to someone else what you're carrying around with you. In some cases, we have what's called a KTN, a known traveler number. This is because you have been identified as a member of a program. You're in the military, you have a DOD number, you're part of the Global Express program, so you have an account number, whatever it may be, but you've been given a pass on certain security requirements. It's similar with an organization being known as a resilient person. 
your work trusts that you've been successful up to this point in your career because you've made good choices, you've reached a certain level of authority and position, and you don't necessarily have to prove that you're trustworthy, capable, et cetera, et cetera. Though there are times for refresher training. Just like the accounts that you may have to get you through security faster, sometimes you have to renew that membership. You have to resubmit the paperwork for your security pass. So examining your stressors, your adversity, the challenges you've had in the past, these are all great ways to renew that pass of being known as a resilient person. Why does this matter? Because when you face adversity and those close to you hear about your adversity, they'll know how much to engage with you with what's going on because they have known your ability to be resilient or how much you need help. Does it mean you get a complete pass? No. No, you are still going through security at some point. You still have to be verified that you are you and you haven't changed to someone else. Come on now, does this work or what? So what have we been carrying around? You come to me and I'll ask you. Are you carrying around shame, disappointment? Do you feel there's disparity in between who you are now and who you've known yourself to be? This happens a lot more than you may realize. These are insanely tough questions sometimes when you're vulnerable, especially if it's with another person. However, when we share what's on our hearts and minds, that's when real clarity happens. Speak it. Get it out of your head. Write it down. Share it with another person. If you can't share it or you don't have anyone to talk to, at least at a minimum, write it down. This way you can see what you're really struggling and what the adversity truly is. Talk it through. Find a way to discuss it. Empty the pockets of your mind and your heart and see what's really there. One of my favorite authors says, the most demanding period of development is adulthood and punishment looks back, discipline looks forward. Life is a long journey and we experience a lot. And my question is, do you engage your experiences in a way that you know has shaped you somehow? What's the arc of your journey? What's the story? What's the plot in that story? Is there a rhythm to it? What's your view on how this has been shaped? If there's something off about what we carry around in our heads, if we have diagnosed things correctly, then the treatment will be sheer luck if it works. You don't show up at the airport expecting to get through security on the chance that whatever's in your pocket, you'll just roll the dice with. You certainly won't go too far into the airport without someone comparing your ID to your boarding pass to you. And I get it. Most times, it probably won't be a bad thing. I'm sure if it was something dangerous, we'd probably know. But we go through that check of just acknowledging what we have and make sure it's safe and go on about our business. Becoming resilient, remaining resilient, all come down to how we ourselves allow ourselves to be screened emotionally, mentally, spiritually, socially, financially, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, on down the line. Every aspect of our being should be screened at some point if we're going to grow in those aspects. Resilient people trust that truth is better than a lie. The truth may hurt, but so does the pain of living with a lie. One leads to healing and one doesn't. Think about the effect shame has on us. If someone has been struggling with alcohol and they come see me to talk about it, oftentimes the expression of themselves they articulate to me is, I have a problem with alcohol. And to be honest, I don't always agree with that. There's always been something deeper driving that need to depend on alcohol, and it comes down to how that person views themselves. It's really about our identity. They often feel like they don't measure up, say, to a set of standards, oftentimes someone else's. 
They're in denial about a truth they don't want to acknowledge, and alcohol is a mask. You can insert a lot of things with alcohol, and they may not always look bad, but the effect is how self is viewed. In fact, success and achievements are as much likely to be abused as alcohol is. And let me tell you, wow, when when reality is understood, if that's true for you, that is a game changer. It may not be opposite ends of the spectrum after all. From the spiral that drugs or heavy binge drinking does compared to how well someone may seem put together. The real emphasis here, it's all about how you interpret yourself to be. I've often shared an analogy that we are like identity ATMs. Our savings and checking accounts are our self-esteem and our confidence. Life events makes withdrawals from us, and we have to be connected to some bank that will deposit into our being. It's usually faith, family, friends, things that are making the deposits into us that build up our self-esteem equity. Our work and our talent and strengths, those usually end up supporting our confidence level, our confidence equity. Think about this. You get fired from your job. It hurts and depletes a lot of confidence that you've had. It could impact your self-esteem for sure. Chances are you still have connections with friends and family and other settings as you would normally even without that job. Now looking at the self-esteem side of things, what really makes us feel depleted and gets us to a point where we feel like we have no worth, I'd argue that is based on our relationships. This is just me speaking from personal experience, but also hundreds of hours of counseling. Losing a friend hurts. Losing a spouse hurts. Losing a family member, whether it's death, that occurred or just a falling out. It hurts. Problems and issues with your faith, those hurt too. And it typically hurts as much as you cared. I'm going to say that again. It will hurt as much as you cared. It hurts our self-esteem. It hurts our confidence. And it causes us to wonder, will we have anything as great as we did before? We need love. We need to be cared for. We need a place where we can grow and gain confidence such as our sports that we're involved in, the jobs that we have, the clubs that we belong to. We need relationships and we need connection. This is how we gain self-esteem and confidence. Sometimes that connection that we have for our resilience is a professional counselor. It's a trusted advisor. And it's okay if we only see that person in the context no different than we would a security guy or woman at the airport helping us get through the gate and progress along our journey. That's okay. Maybe you don't need someone that's super close to you to open up. Go talk to a stranger, someone that's not going to share all the things that you're trying to process. But the key to resilience is letting the past provide grace to our future. And before you say it, I already know, we fight grace to exist in our lives. We are so keen to invite the fight in our minds before we are keen to invite grace. And here's why. Because we want control. And if we accept grace, we are letting go of our desire for control. It's not easy. I get it. I definitely get it. And we can't do that if we're not ready to empty our pockets, put it on the belt, and find out what we're working with. Check the balances of our identity accounts and start with the idea of being prepared to be resilient. Until next time. Chapsy V out here.